0: in God we trust isn't that a great title in God we trust and uh, Joel kicked us off a few weeks ago with week one and I'm going to be doing the second week obviously today and the thing I'm, I'm zeroing in on is trusting God with our worries trusting God with our worries yes that old chestnut your worries worries we've all got them don't we we've all got worries we've got fears we've got little nagging doubts and things that plague our minds I mean, mums generally worry a lot about your kids. You worry about how they're doing at school. You you worry about their health. If you're a dad, maybe you worry about the bills. Maybe you're worried about the the tires on your car that are going a little bit bald. If you're a grandparent, you're probably worrying about your children still. Even though they're grown up, you're worrying about their marriages. You're worried about your grandchildren. You're worried about your own health. There's so many things that we can find to worry about. If you're a teenager, you're probably worried about dropping your iPhone. I mean, <laughs> y- you're worried about stuff going wrong. And sadly, even, even um, kids worry. I and mean, that's sad? But kids worry too. Kids worry about things like, you know, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the classroom. They worry about their tests. They worry about friendships. They worry about missing out on things too. All of these scenarios that I've just mentioned, most of them, in, in fact, they're, they're about things that are really out of our control. We generally start to worry about things that we can't control, the things around about us that we can't actually fix. I mean, we don't worry about doing, a, if our shoelace comes undone, we don't worry about that, do we? Because we can just bend down and tie our shoelace and keep going. In fact, I'm doubly blessed because I would have no shoelaces today, <laughs> so I can just walk on without a care in the world but we worry about things that are out of our control. I don't know, for example, what my income is going to be in a few years' time. I don't know about my job security. I don't know about the state of the state economy in a few years' time. I don't know about housing prices. I don't know about what my health or my family's health is going to be in many years' time. I don't know about these things. These are all scenarios that I don't have control over. And I'd probably hazard a guess to say, that most of us maybe over half of us right this very second are worrying about something we've got something on our mind that we're worried about and it's sad isn't it i mean is that true are we do we worry do you relate to what i'm saying right now so in fact you know even though we're christians and we're full of faith and we should be christian warriors we are actually christian warriors And it's easy for us to trust God when things are going great, isn't it? When things are just humming along nicely, we don't have, you know, we, we can say that we trust God. Yeah, I trust God. We listen to the sermon. We listen to the people talking about trusting God. And we go, yeah, yep, yeah, no worries. I trust God. But when things are going hard, when things are tough, that's really when our, our ability to trust God or our, our faith internally is actually tested. Um, and that's where the rubber actually hits the road. Even when things are going great, for some of us, and I could fall into this category, but some of us, when things are going well, we start to invent disaster scenarios where things could possibly go wrong. We almost like scratch our head going, things are going great, a little too great, a little too good, something bad is going to happen, and we start to kind of fear about what could possibly go wrong when things are actually going wonderfully well. What are some of the things that stop us from trusting God? What about previous traumas? What about things that have happened to us in our past that have gone wrong, which colour our our perspective about what the future is going to look like? Maybe it was a car accident that you are in when you were younger and it leaves you feeling nervous about driving on the road now. What about could have been maybe a business venture that went wrong that leaves you nervous about spending money or leaves you nervous about stepping out into a future um, a future business um, idea. It might be a relationship breakdown that leaves you nervous about um, stepping out into more um, a <coughs> another relationship. It could be an issue with your kids. It could be a scenario where you've been with a friend through a terminal illness, And that leaves your perspective or your view about God coloured. Because of what happened to them, I can't trust God that He's going to be with me through my health scare or my health, my future health. And unfortunately, we allow our past to define our future. We let those things that happened in the past colour what our future is going to look like. And what we do is, because of that history that I've been through, my thinking pretty quickly slips in, you know, like the record, when you get to the end of the record, so I'm talking to the old generation right now, X's and above. The record gets to the end, and it goes, the needle goes, and it falls into the rut. And that's, and that's your mind. And it just goes round in an endless loop, repeating the scenario over and over again in your mind. Unfortunately, what happens is, when we start to worry It starts in our mind, ultimately leads to behavioral changes. We start to do crazy things, don't we? We start to do, because we're obsessing in our mind, we start to to show obsessive behaviors. We start to do some unusual obsessive things. We can panic about things unnecessarily. We can lash out at other people around us. We can hoard our money and become super frugal because we're worried about losing it. We can stop going out in the sun because we're worried about someone said you can get skin cancer from the sun, so we stop going outside. There's so many things we get to do. or We make ourselves do in a way to kind of quiet the busyness that's going on up here. What about being busy? So many of us just start to run around. Have you seen those people who are worried about stuff and they start buzzing around and they're super busy all the time? It's easy for you, if you're one of those people, to justify that busyness. So I'm supposed to be busy, I'm doing good work, just leave me alone with my busyness. But in fact, uh, I would encourage you, if that's you, to take a second to ask yourself, why am I being like this? Why am I being so busy? What's actually going on that I can identify? So how do we overcome this worry? How do we overcome this fear that's in our minds? Well, let's have a look at the Word of God. And make this sermon official today philippians 4 verse 6 starts like this paul's writing and he says don't fret or worry instead of worrying pray it's pretty obvious isn't it he doesn't say go and get busy he doesn't say go and do lots of different things he says he doesn't even say go and get more insurance he doesn't say work harder and do some extra overtime he actually says, pray, pray, you need to pray. Now, if you're, if you're worrying right now and somebody says to you, you need to pray, it's not good advice to you, is it? You, you're not going to receive that and go, oh, yeah, of course, why didn't I think of that? I need to pray. <laughs> it just seems so like, no, pray, praying is not going to help me right now. I've, I've got to do things. I've got to fix it. I've got to s- fix my world somehow. But in fact, prayer is the answer that we need. Yeah. Prayer is the one thing that's going to help us change that obsession, change that busyness, change that endless loop in our minds going round and round and round in circles. Right. In fact, prayer what, what you're doing with prayer is that you're inviting a third party into your internal conversation right. or into your internal monosation. I don't know if there's such a word. But you're having a conversation with yourself, right? over and over again and there's no one else to kind of throw ideas in there just your own stuff right but when you start to pray you're inviting somebody else into your conversation and it's a really good person to talk to by the way let's read on he says let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting god know your concerns that's good we're starting to talk to him in Paul's not saying you have to step out with a faith-filled prayer right now. He's just saying, express the things that are on your mind. Express the worries and the fears to God. Instead of expressing them back to yourself, express them to God. That's the first step. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. Isn't that wonderful? It's the presence of God that we all love so much. The presence of God is the thing that comes in and brings a little bit of clarity, a little bit of perspective. What it's not going to be is this. God saying, oh, yes, I can see the problem that you're in right now, and I'm going to give you the four-point solution to getting out of this. Or it's not going to say, here's a check for $1,000, and that should clear things, and then you're good to go. He doesn't say that at all, does he? But he brings peace. And that's the first thing that we need. We need that peace. This, this next line is wonderful. He says, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It displa- That word is so key. It displaces. Worry and... Christ cannot cohabit. They don't go together. They don't fit together. So I have a little demonstration for you today. It's a little physics lesson. See this jug of, innocent jug of water? Can those on the front row just confirm that I'm holding water? It's obviously the splash zone on the front row because um, there's no one sitting there. But this is a jug of water right? And this represents our worries and our fears. And this innocent can of chickpeas represents Christ. Christ at the center. This is what happens. <laughs> What's a splash zone? Christ displaces worry. They can't go, <laughs> you like that? I know she would like it. She's like, oh my goodness, look at the mess. Christ displaces worry. They can't go together. One's got to get get out. That's the thing. When Christ comes in, when Christ comes into our world, he displaces worry. Have you got a visual for that now? We need Christ at the center of our world. We can't have two people driving the car at once. Christ has got to be in charge, right? Christ is in charge. I'm going to walk through that backwards and forwards through the rest. Go for it. Oh, you can wait. So like I said before, is, is, um, is my circumstance going to change at that moment? Is everything going to change? No, it's not. It's going to remain the same. It's going to remain the same. But Christ has a way of walking with us through our circumstances, doesn't he? He walks with us through our circumstance. King David said it so succinctly and beautifully in Psalm 23. King David wrote many of the Psalms in the Old Testament. He said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be, what? Afraid. Afraid. I will not fret. I will not worry. I will not invent doomsday scenarios. I will not let fear overwhelm me, the dark clouds of fear close me in, for you are close beside me. The key word that I want to pull out is the word through. I have to walk through the valley. I don't find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, and Christ comes and lifts me out and puts me somewhere else. No, I walk through it. I've got to go through it. I've got to go through that valley, but he is with me. He takes away my fear so I can walk with confidence and victory through my scenario. God has made us specifically, he's put us on the earth specifically, and he's made our world imperfect in so many ways so that we learn to walk in faith through our circumstances, not allowing worry and fear to dominate how things are going to turn out. He's such a good God. We've just got to understand that. How else does trust get proven in my life except when I have to trust? How else does faith get developed in my life except when I have to have faith? It's not faith in the good times. It's It's not trust when I don't have to trust. It's just the word until I have to go through it, until the rubber hits the road, and then I discover what it's really like. years ago Christy and I were business owners and we went through a, a season of significant financial stress and it really put my faith to the test in a, such a big way and, and we were under pressure so that we owed the ATO I don't know can't even remember now what the numbers were like but let's say $50,000 I owed the ATO $50,000 I owed a number of debtors over $50,000 in bills that we couldn't pay. And I was a Christian, so I knew that God was my provider, and I knew those things, I knew those words, those promises. And I, and I was full of faith, believing that something was going to happen, and God was going to turn things around, and something, a miracle would happen, and the business would start picking up again, and we'd be, we'd be, we'd be fine. And that didn't happen. What actually happened was things got worse. And the season wasn't just like a week or a month or you know, a few months. It actually went on in a sustained pressure for over two years. And I found myself having to make these decisions of is God real? Does he love me? Is he gonna be with me? Is he actually my provider? Or or maybe he doesn't even exist at all and I'm just on this thing on my own. And I had to wrestle with these ideas, these thoughts. Is God real? Isn't he real? And I had to actually come to the conclusion that yes, he's with me. Yes, I'm willing to trust him and walk through my valley with him even though my circumstances are just bad. It's just horrible. There's nothing nice about what I'm going through right now. I had to trust. I had no choice but to trust him and keep walking and and learning just to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. And you know what? I would wake up regularly regularly 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you know that moment when you wake up and then reality sort of hits you. And my stomach would be churning every single morning about all these things that I could not fix, all of these scenarios that I had no hope of making it right. And I had to learn to wrestle with the Word of God and pray the Word of God, and that verse Philippians 4 was my friend. And after lying there, you know, sometimes I'd be lying there for hours awake, and I thought to myself, well, I might as well pray. I might as well use the time to do something. And so I'd pray this word, this promise, and I'd pray it over and over and over again. And, you know, sometimes I'd pray that same verse for hours. And then finally peace would come. Finally peace would come. And that was the challenge for me for many, many, many months. Wrestling. And trusting, wrestling, and choosing to trust through those circumstances, through those emotions that I couldn't control. Jesus gave us this promise. Some would say it's an encouragement. Others would say, well, that just sounds really hard to me. But he he said in John 16, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. How great is that? Take heart, because I have overcome the world. You're going to go through some stuff. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get gnarly. It's going to get painful at times. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Jesus, your Savior, is with you. He has overcome things before you, and he has made a way for you so that you can walk in victory through your circumstances. I want to encourage you today that you can overcome in whatever circumstance you find yourself in, you can walk through your circumstance out to the other side and you're going to walk it in victory. You're going to walk it in faith and God will be with you every single step of the way. I want to call you up today. If you have allowed those thoughts, that loop, that self-defeating loop to take charge in your mind, I want to encourage you today to take a step out of that. Take a step out of that. And I'm not going to say it's going to change like that in the blink of an eye, but begin to change the way that your mind thinks. Yes. Instead of worrying, pray. Yes. Instead of worrying, pray. Yeah. Invite Jesus into the conversation. And begin to allow his peace to overwhelm your heart again. Then you can see things a little more clearly about the reality of your circumstances. If that's you today,